Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning, I'm Lily Jamali. Extreme fire conditions are wreaking havoc across Northern California this morning as wildfires have forced thousands to evacuate their homes. Cap Radio's Scott Rod joins me now from the Gold Country Fairgrounds in Placer County. Good morning to you, Scott. Good morning, Lily. Joining us from the site of the most recent Cal Fire press briefing, give us the latest on you know the big fires that we're tracking are the River Fire, which started yesterday, and the Dixie Fire. Bring us up to date. So the River Fire, we just got an update on its size and containment. It grew about by a thousand acres overnight to 2,400 acres. It's still at zero percent containment. Uh, it's still pretty early on. It's still very fluid with this fire. And on the Dixie Fire, that grew by about 50,000 acres overnight to 320,000 acres. And that makes it the sixth largest fire in California history. And it's worth noting that this is still early in the fire season. It's only August. That's a really good point, Scott. And I know that hearing that it's grown by that much and is now the sixth largest fire has got to shock a lot of people who are hearing this. What are fire conditions looking like today and into tonight? Well, here in Placer in Nevada counties, it's going to be sunny and warm uh, with winds coming out of the southwest. So, you know, those are uh, critical fire weather conditions. Um, We have a red flag warning that will last until uh, this evening. So it's going to be challenging out there for crews, uh, certainly in terms of the weather, but also the rugged terrain out here. And I know you just landed in Placer County. Where are you planning to spend your day? I plan to go into the evacuation zone, so around Colfax and uh, the area uh, that is of most concern, it sounds like, for fire crews is on the north and northwest side. That's where the fire has been uh, pretty active, and it's also where there are a lot of homes. And it's worth noting that as of right now, about 50 structures have been damaged or destroyed. That's very fluid. It's still very early on, so they're surveying the damage still. So I'm sure that number will uh, continue to increase as they try to contain the fire. Scott Rod from near Colfax. It's about an hour's drive west of Lake Tahoe. Scott, please stay safe and thank you for your reporting today. I will. Thanks for having me on. More now on the Dixie Fire burning in Plumas and Butte counties, where crews will continue to face challenging weather conditions today. Ryan Walbrun is with the National Weather Service. Another absolutely critical date. First and foremost, we're under the red flag conditions. Uh, for those of you who've been here, you can feel this morning. It's a little bit drier, a little bit breezier. That's why we kind of call it a dry cold front. Walburn says one of the big concerns today is shifting winds throughout the day and into the evening hours. Here's fire behavior analyst John Cook describing what's in store for fire crews. For today, you know, you got low fuels. Uh, The ones are going to be at 2%, so critically dry on the fine fuels, uh, very high winds. All the indices are above 97 percentile. Everything's lining up against us again today. The fire will run. The fire will spot. The fire will get out where where you're working on it. Just be prepared for it and, and act accordingly. 
Yesterday, the Dixie Fire tore through the town of Greenville, destroying several businesses and homes there. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis from KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Turning to politics, four candidates vying to replace Governor Gavin Newsom sparred in a debate on Wednesday night in Orange County. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarati has more. Assemblyman Kevin Kiley said if the recall is successful, a winning Republican would have to move fast before facing re-election next year. Whoever wins this race is going to have one year to offer a viable alternative and set our state on a new course before the next election. All four candidates admitted they'd need the help of a Democratic legislature to govern. But businessman John Cox said, But if I don't get that help, I'm going to go in the districts and try to get people elected who will fix the problems of this state. Debate moderators asked how candidates would respond to a spike in coronavirus cases that's driven largely by unvaccinated residents. Only former San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner offered a direct plea to get vaccinated. Vaccinations is how we get our way out of this. The four Republicans spent most of the night bashing Newsom, but largely avoiding confronting each other. Former Sacramento Congressman Doug Osi was the most aggressive. He said his experience as a rice farmer makes him uniquely qualified to deal with the state's water management. Water is not theoretical to me. These fellows, they know the story. They don't know the reality. The court's head on stage represent just a fraction of the 46 candidates that will appear on the ballot. Talk show host Larry Elder, who leads most early polling of replacement candidates, opted for a fundraiser in Bakersfield instead of the debate. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. The federal receiver in charge of medical care inside California's prisons is asking a judge to require that all correction staff get COVID-19 vaccinations. The California Report's Angela Corral has more. Saying the risk is grave due to the highly contagious Delta variant, receiver Jay Clark Kelso says only 40 percent of corrections officers in the state are vaccinated, and that rate is lower at some facilities. In court documents, Kelso notes that guards and other staff are the main causes of COVID inside prisons. A recent outbreak at a prison in Tuolumne County has infected more than 100 people incarcerated there. It was reportedly caused by staff exposure. Since the pandemic began, nearly 50,000 people behind bars in the state's prisons have had COVID. More than 230 have died. For the California Report, I'm Angela Corral. And finally this morning, in Orange County, the Board of Education has voted to sue Governor Newsom over the state mandate that K-12 students wear masks indoors for the upcoming school year. Gregory Rowland is legal counsel for the board. The governor and his executive agencies 
by emergency fiat that violates state constitutional and statutory law threaten to extend and compound the harm to California's children previously caused by prior school closures and unwarranted masking requirements. The board says the mask mandate lacks, quote, sound medical or scientific basis, even though the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics have both recommended that everyone wear masks at school regardless of vaccination status. A pair of parent groups filed a similar lawsuit last week in San Diego County. We're going to go to Los Angeles now, where breakthrough COVID cases are on the rise among the vaccinated. Just a tiny number of vaccinated people get sick enough for the hospital, but some won't even know they have COVID. But as KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports, some people who thought they did everything right are still getting sick. In early July, Jenny and Mike McCarg stood in line with their two teenage daughters for the Peter Pan ride at Disneyland. It was their first big outing in months. They were excited to spend a few days at the park, but seeing thousands of people without masks was jarring. Mike even said that first day, the probability of people walking in the park that had COVID and from there that had the actual Delta variant. They wore masks on the trip, but the night they drove home, Jenny felt ill. Then a couple of days later, I really was noticing I couldn't smell and taste. She opened a jar of garlic to see if she could smell it. She said, I think I can smell this. And it almost knocked me over on the other side of the room. And I said, uh, I'm going to go get us COVID tests right now. Despite being fully vaccinated, both Mike and Jenny tested positive for COVID-19. I did start crying because it was like... We did everything right. Weeks later, their younger daughter tested positive. And now what we have to be in another kind of forced lockdown, you know, just when we had this little bit of freedom. As the Delta variant has become more prevalent, infections among fully vaccinated residents are rising. In March, vaccinated people accounted for just 2% of all infections in L.A. County. Now, about a quarter of new COVID cases in L.A. are among people who have already been vaccinated. But very few of them get sick enough to go to the hospital. The real issue is that we don't know the transmission rate, but we do know it's happening. Eric Topol is a molecular medicine professor at Scripps Research. He says Delta is simply more dangerous. It has a shorter incubation period of just four days, making people contagious sooner. And it tends to produce even more virus inside people's bodies. That means some vaccinated people will transmit the virus to others. You know, obviously it's going to be low because most people vaccinated are not going to get infected. And even those who do get infected, a lot of them are going to be asymptomatic and only detected through testing. Topol says it's impossible to predict exactly how Delta will behave in the future. But watching other countries like India gives us some clues. Delta virus outbreaks tend to last 10 to 12 weeks. We have to face that it. it's going to be circulating for, for several weeks. And during that time, wearing a mask indoors, especially, is important. California's statewide mask mandate was scrapped in June when cases were low. That's when millions of people, including Nina Storm, headed out to newly reopened restaurants and comedy clubs. A few weeks later, she tested positive. What I've gone through is basically like having a bad flu, which isn't the end of the world as much as it's not been fun. She's recovering and has never doubted her decision to get vaccinated. Absolutely. Stand by it 100 percent. Had I not been vaccinated, it could be much worse, much longer, much more extreme, much scarier. 
only a tiny fraction of vaccinated people end up in the hospital due to COVID, but some people do have more serious cases. A few days after they got back from Disneyland, Jenny McCarg convinced her husband Mike to go to the ER. He was having trouble breathing. By that evening, he was like, yeah, I think it's best for me to go. Mike was eager to check out as soon as his blood oxygen improved. It's taken a few weeks, but his cough and constant fatigue are slowly getting better. But now he has other worries. Yeah, I'm terrified of when the bell comes. You're literally saying, like, do I want potentially life-saving medical intervention at the cost of truly debilitating medical debt? It's a terrible situation. Under federal law, health insurance companies are not required to cover the full cost of COVID treatment. During the height of the pandemic, some insurers chose not to charge COVID patients. But now, some companies are quietly changing back to business as usual, leaving even fully vaccinated people to wonder, if I get COVID, how much will it cost? For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. And that is The California Report for this Thursday, August 5th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Support for The California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.Dance slash Downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.